Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What does it feel like when you absolutely know that you are in the zone? It's almost an out-of-body experience. You know, this sport is everything to me. It's my passion. I truly love being on the ice. At the age of two, our guest today put on her first pair of skates. Now at the age of 23, she just won her second U.S. National Figure Skating Championship to go with an Olympic bronze medal. It is my pleasure to welcome Brady Tanell. Brady, welcome to Game Time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So you grew up in Winfield, Illinois. Uh, this is a western suburb of Chicago. Two brothers. Uh, you yeah. were raised by a single mom and your mom's a nurse. How worried uh, were you through the whole pandemic and your mom being a frontline nurse? And that must have really been weighing on you. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very tough for me. My mom is like my rock. She's been there for me through everything. So I know that she has like very good personal hygiene um, and like she's very careful about washing her hands and she always has her little bottle of Germex on her purse. Like I know she's super careful, but um, of course it was still very stressful for me. And I was like, mom, like do whatever you can to to keep yourself safe. Given that we're all coming through a pandemic and all sports were, you know, obviously uh, impacted in so many different ways. How was your life impacted when all of a sudden, suddenly all these rinks were shut down? It was absolutely crazy for me. Growing up in a suburb of Chicago, we have a rink almost on every corner. So there have been very few times in my life where I haven't been able to find ice. Um, And growing up that way, I was extremely lucky because I know not everybody has that. Last year, as I was like preparing for the world championships, we were a few days from leaving. I was super excited. I had my suitcase in my room half packed. Um, And I came home from practice one day and I, my phone was like blowing up and I was like, what is happening? Like, I don't ever get this many notifications. Um, And so then I found out that Worlds was canceled and I was like, wow. Um, Like that's when I knew how serious it was. Um, And then I think it was about two weeks later, um, all the rinks were shut down. And it it was extremely weird for me because I went from like really full high intensity training to pretty much nothing, um, like not even being being able to leave the house. Um, So we really went from one end of the spectrum to the other. It was just a very crazy experience. So how about for the larger skating community? I'm sure that you're texting with your friends who are doing what you're doing all across the globe. How, How did it impact everything that was going on in the community? 
um, you know, we, we all understood that, you know, some things are bigger than sports. Um, and of course the, the health and safety of everybody involved was more important than holding the event. And I think everybody understood that. Um, and of course we were all extremely bummed, uh, because worlds is kind of, it's like the, the end of season, like hurrah, like that's kind of what you're working for all season is to go to worlds. So it kind of just left, like, it left a lot of us hanging. Like the, it's like worlds is like the last chapter of the book. And so we never really got to close the book of last season. You know, what did it mean to you to perform in Blades for the Brave? And exactly what was that? And what role did it play in the international fundraiser for COVID-19 relief? It was actually really special. Um, it was so much fun to to go out there and uh, like go outside and rollerblade and like get out of the house. I'm so grateful that I was able to be a part of it because, you know, supporting the healthcare workers on the front line is something that's very close to my heart because of my mother. So I was very excited that I was able to be a part of it. Yeah, there was a great, great uh, exhibition of showing support to the frontline workers for sure. In 2017, our guest, Brady Tunnell, won a surprise bronze medal at Skate America. And that's when the Olympic buzz about her began. And Brady, you won the 2015 U.S. Junior Championships, but you then had a series of repetitive stress fractures in your back, which I can't even imagine coming back and trying to do what you do. Was there ever a moment where you thought maybe this was it for me? You know, if I'm being completely honest, it was a fear. I never really gave into that thought. Like I always knew I had more to get to the sport. Um, but I, I did have that fear of, will I still be physically able to come back from this and do what I used to do? I knew that I, it was possible to come back. Like my doctors told me that it was possible to come back. Um, and so I really just devoted everything in my power to like the rehabilitation and getting stronger and trying to make sure that it didn't happen again. Um, because I like skating is my passion. It's what I love to do. And I, I didn't really see, like, I knew that it wasn't the end for me. So I was just wondering, you know, when you finally get to the Olympics after everything that you had been through to get to that point, you know, how nervous were you? I, I actually, I remember I wasn't like, I wasn't like that super like nervous, like shaking. I was just so excited to be there. And everywhere you looked, you could see the rings there. They were on the ceiling, they were on the ice, they were on banners at the corner of the rings. And I was just like, this, like, I am living my childhood dream right now. And I, I literally just wanted to soak up every single second of it because I know it's so special and I've, I've worked my whole life for that, like to be in that arena. Um, and I remember stepping on the ice for the first time and seeing the rings and being like, oh my gosh, I'm really here. I really did this. Yeah, I'm thinking about the 2018 Nationals. You, you, you win there and you make the Olympic team and the thought that must have gone through your mind that you've put all this time and effort into everything that you do individually. And there are a lot of people, there's your coaches, there's your mom, there are your family members that are supporting you along the way. But the realization of that dream is what I'm trying to get at. Like, what is that moment like when you know you're going to the Olympics? It's honestly such a hard thing to describe. It was like, it was just like, 
like when I found out, it was like a bunch of white noise just filled my head. I was like, <clears throat> I cannot believe this. Um, I mean, winning the national championships in 2018 was amazing, but then to be named to the Olympic team, I was like, oh my gosh, I literally don't know what to do with myself right now. <laughs> well, I know I, what you like, did do. I, 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 I was going to say, I know what you did do. You set up a GoFundMe page because you wanted to be able to take your family with mm -hmm. you to South Korea for the 2018 Olympics. How did that go? What was ever, what was the final assessment of all that went into that? Those few months between like Skate America and then to nationals and then nationals to the Olympics was, I think it was like the craziest time of my life. Um, and a lot of it is honestly a blur because we really tried to keep my, my daily life very uh, structured and like the same. We didn't want too much to change um, because I was preparing for the Olympics. So um, I, I remember I was setting it up and I, I was just, I was so incredibly grateful for how the community stood behind me and, and really helped me get my family to the games. Yeah, well, you know, you won a bronze medal as part of the team uh, event. Um, not so much uh, as, a, as an individual, but still, it's a memory that will live a lifetime, and it obviously is driving you for the Beijing Olympics. Uh, I was wondering that after your individual events, I read where uh, skating icons Peggy Fleming and Scott Hamilton had given you a call after your performances. Is that true? They're so iconic. Like, when you think of figure skating, they're who you think of, like Peggy Fleming, Scott Hamilton, Michelle mm -hmm. Kwan. Like, they're skating staples. So I remember there was a note in my room when I got there from Michelle Kwan. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like <laughs> I grew up watching these people on TV and, um, you know, learning about how much they gave to the sport. And then to have them know my name was just like out of this world for me. Well, the good news is you'll be able to pay it forward because now you've already had that experience and you'll have it again. Following her initial Olympic appearance, Brady Tunnell set some new goals for herself, saying she wanted to be a whole new skater, unrecognizable from last season. Now, Brady, this is interesting. Tara Lipinski called you a machine. Now, I would take that as a compliment, you know, and I've had a number of skaters on this show before, and Brian Boitano once told me on Game Time that he was aware that critics were calling him robotic, that he wanted to be more uh, an artist as opposed to a technician. And I'm wondering if that's what you thought about yourself because you've changed coaches. And not only did you change coaches, you just wowed everybody at this year's nationals with your free skate. And I'm wondering if that's what you were talking about. So there's a slight difference between being called a machine and being called robotic. Um, I, I do take being called a machine as a compliment um, because that you know, that means that I'm very consistent in my jumps, that my performances are very consistent. But yes, the other side of that is you also want to be artistic. So to have somebody describe you as robotic is not exactly ideal. When I heard Tara Lipinski call me a machine, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> but it is a great compliment. We say that a lot about Tom Brady in the, in the world of football, that one of the reasons he's able to go as long as he has gone is because of the work that he has put into it. And I often wonder what drives somebody like you to work so hard. You know, you're at an advanced age for figure skating, if you will. You know that, I know that, everybody else in the world knows that, but still maybe your best skating is still in front of you. Yeah, I mean, I'm biased, but I think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, 
you know, this sport is everything to me. It's my passion. I truly love being on the ice. It's like when I step on the ice, it feels like coming home. Um, and I, I love the feeling of the wind in your face. I love how powerful it feels to land a jump. I love the daily grind of training programs and, and working the cardio. It's my passion. It's just what I love. <laughs> you know, at the Nationals uh, this past January, you go out there, you know what you have to do in the free skate. And like I said, it was almost flawless. At least that's what the announcers were saying. And watching you skating, I was just wondering, what does it feel like when you absolutely know that you are in the zone and that all the work that you've put into what you were trying to accomplish is about to unfold as you're living in the moment? It's almost an out-of-body experience. Um, I remember as soon as I hit the combo in the second, the first combo in the second half of my program, I was like, this is it. There's not much left. Like I know that combo is a big deal for me to hit it as well as I did. I was really able to just let the rest of the program flow. And then after I landed my last jump, I went into the step sequence. Um, and I remember I was like, like crying during my program. And I was like, okay, Brady, you're not done yet. You need to calm down. You still have like a minute left. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you finished strong. And you know, the interesting thing about all of this, and I've been asking all the athletes trying to perform in front of no people, even your coach couldn't be there because he was suffering from COVID. What was that like? Yeah, it was extremely strange for me. Um, first of all, not having my primary coach there um, was very strange, especially for nationals. Um, not having my mom there, uh, was very strange because usually, I mean, my mom usually comes to all of my competitions. Um, so she actually hasn't been able to see me skate in person for a year now. So it's, it's been very strange. I just, I felt really prepared. Um, and I knew that I just, I just needed to go out there and skate. Like there was nothing left to do, but for me to go out there and skate the way that I trained every day. You know what? It showed. It certainly showed. Brady Tennell's near-flawless performance in winning her second U.S. National Crown qualified her for the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics. This time, she won't be entering the competition as an international unknown. As, as I was saying before, Brady, you now have that experience. So, give me an idea of what to expect, and are you working on any new things that we can expect will come 2022 Winter Olympics? I think there's always work to be done. Um, I will, of course, next season have new programs um, and I have to work with my choreographer on those and we have a plan in place. Um, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a person who likes to live in the moment. This season's chapter isn't finished yet. Um, so I think right now my primary focus is on these world championships. After Worlds, then the the new season's book open all right so tell me if this is true because i i read it and i couldn't believe what i was reading that there are some russian skaters who are trying to land quadruple jumps can you explain exactly what that means and are they trying to do this yes they are um and some of them can do it successfully um so a quadruple jump is when you take off and you spin four times around in the air um and then you land um, and I mean, some of these girls that are doing jumps, it's amazing to watch them skate. Yeah, you know, Christy Yamaguchi was on with Game Time and she told me that Tanya Harding and Midoro Ito were landing triple axles and she had to come up with something to counter it. 
So is that what we now have to expect, you know, from our skaters to try to come up with something to counter what the Russians are doing? That's kind of the goal. Um, I think a lot of the skaters now are working towards that triple axel or the quadruple jumps. Um, and I think it's making the sport very exciting because watching, um, I mean, the men have, have done these jumps for a long time, but now, um, now we're seeing the, the girls trying to do this. Uh, and I think it's really exciting. Yeah, I, th I think it's unbelievable. I think you guys are so courageous. You know, we think of figure skaters, we think of grace and artistry, of course, but the physical toll that you guys put yourself through is nothing short of a miracle. Now, besides some of the new moves that you may be making, um, who do you think the biggest international competitors will be? That's a tough question. <laughs> so I, again, like my, my philosophy going into any big competition is that, you know, I want to be better than I was before. And my biggest competition is myself. Uh, because all I can do when I go out there is my absolute best. And if I do that, then I'll be happy. Um, of course, I want to be on the podium at the World Championships. Um, and that is something that I'm striving for. Sounds good to me. We've had a number of figure skating luminaries as guests here on Game Time. So I thought it would be interesting for you to compare notes with them. Is that okay, Brady? Yeah, sounds great. Did your coach give you any kind of mantra or mental key to help you get through the free skate routine. Christy Yamaguchi told me here she received a note from Sandra Bezik saying, this is your moment, this is your time. That is very good advice, actually. Because um, when you like when you step on the ice there, it doesn't matter who's in the stands or how many people are watching on TV. In the moments before your music starts in that absolute silence, it is like, you feel like you're completely alone. It is, you are the only person in that moment. Brian Boitano told me, for the most part, his mindset is more about skating for himself than against skating against others. Do you share the same outlook? I 100% do. I think, you know, when you step out there, you have to be in it for yourself because you want it. Um, and there's nothing more powerful than wanting something so badly for yourself and doing whatever you possibly can, like working as hard as you possibly can to achieve it. Well, you've certainly paid the price for sure. All right, back to Christy Yamaguchi. She, con she considered quitting the sport and then her pal Kurt Browning asked her, what would you do without skating? And at that point she was determined to get back the joy. Now the question that I have for you and you have paid the price and we know how much this means to you. Does the grind of training sometimes suck the pleasure out of what you're trying to do with your life? It, it can, um, but at the end of the day, I think for me at least, it's, it's always worth it. Please tell me you are having some fun in your life. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> good, good, good. I like to hear that. Okay, final one. Adam Rapon was one of our first guests on Game Time, and he said now that he's gotten his Olympic experience, he wants to meet the world. Do you feel like you've been in the bubble and do you look forward to doing other things? And if you do look forward to doing other things, what some might some of those things be? I do look forward to doing other things. Um, I, I, like I said, I like to live in the moment. So um, I haven't planned too far ahead, but I do want to go back to school. I want to um, study something in the like health sciences, um, maybe kinesiology or something. 
um, I think that would be very interesting for me to learn about. I'm lucky that I've actually been able to like see a lot of the world already. Um, but I, there are some like key places that I haven't yet been able to go that I would love to see. I know I speak for all of our viewers when we say we're proud of you and we wish you the very best. Our thanks to Brady Tunnell for joining us today and to all of you for watching on Boomer Esiason. And I'll see you again soon right here on Game Time with Major League Soccer Commissioner Don Garber.